Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we take you to those places where you have those aha moments and mastermind meetings that move you closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. You may hear ambient noises in the background because we actually physically go to those places to conduct the interviews. This is not some $25,000 high-quality Hollywood-level soundproof studio because that's not where the magic happens. The magic happens is when you live your life, and we want to take you to the ambiance of those places. What we're going to cover today is about helping e-commerce business owners to build wealth while they build their business. See, what happens is as many small business owners work their entire lives growing, and they reinvest profits back into the business. And it just seems like that cycle goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And when they want to retire, they find themselves unable to enjoy life because they have all their wealth tied up in their business. So we're going to change that today. And to guide us through that change, we have Chase and Sonia. He is a CPA. He's highly successful based in Austin, Texas. And what makes him and his firm different from other accounting firms is not to mention investment advisors, is that he works with business owners, including e-commerce, to build their wealth while building their business. So he has a story he's going to share with you in just a moment. We have a lot of points we want to cover. He's given us some tantalizing jumping points for our conversation. But first, let's introduce him. Chase and Sonia, come on in. The weather's fine. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hell Yeah. So I just read off your official bio. Very impressive. Not sure I'm worthy to be here. And this is my show. So what we like to do is go beyond the bio, pull back the curtain, and have you tell us a bit about your journey and something about it that's brought you to where you are today, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Yeah, I uh, started my business in 2011. Um, you know, it's uh, just kind of put my shingle out there and and saw what was going to happen. And uh, we've been fortunate to grow double digits annually for the last uh, 10 years, plus years now. And um, we have a team of 20 people currently. Um, so not a traditional CPA firm where it's kind of a lifestyle business, just a book of clients. Uh, you know, I started out uh, operating and and growing it to where I wanted it to be um, today and, and building it as a business. Um, but before that, you know, I, I've always loved entrepreneurship. I've always loved small business. Um, you know, even in college, uh, you know, I was participating in activities around entrepreneurship um, and then got out, uh, graduated at the 
the height of Enron and Anderson. So, you know, there were zero accounting jobs at the time and uh, did a number of other couple of things and then got into corporate accounting um, and did that for a while. And then years and years later, um, just had an opportunity to start my own firm. And here we are today. You know, I like to call it overnight success uh, 11 years later and uh, what we do now. Right, 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 right. So what we like to do first off is, uh, you know, there's models for building a business and we see what we believe is a traditional model. I think that in the, to an extent has to do with our listeners' own truth and what they see through the lens of their own experience and education. However, I do have a generalized feeling that most of us have a similar view of what that means. So there's a traditional model of trying to build a business and then sell it. Uh, so now we're dealing with saleability and other issues. What, in your view, is wrong with that? Um, nothing traditionally wrong with it. I mean, I think what most business owners get into is just kind of the cycle of reinvesting, 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 um, which, you know, there's not anything wrong with it. Um, my philosophy is, you know, let's save a little bit as we go along here, uh -huh. um, because you never know what's going to happen in 15, 20 plus years down the road. And, you know, what does the market look like, you know, when you're ready to sell or you need to sell, you know, is, are we in a 8% debt market or a 0% debt market? Um, you know, are there buyers available to purchase what you're selling at the price you want? And generally, you're not going to get the price you're looking for um, in a typical small business um, because you normally don't have the scale. And then also um, all the sweat equity you put into it, you know, you always, everybody always feels like they need more. So uh, my philosophy is and how we help our clients is, you know, let's put a little bit away. I mean, obviously you got to start somewhere. And then once you get to a point of, you know, saving enough for short term, um, start building some savings here. So whether it's 500, whether it's 5,000, whether it's 50,000 plus a year, um, let's go ahead and put it away in an account and, uh, and save it for a rainy day. So at the end of the, the term of whatever that looks like, whether you're selling it, whether you're selling it to an external party, to your employees, um, or you just continue to let it run, you at least don't have to wait on an exit event to get cash in your bank account. Um, you've already built up wealth over time and let it grow over time. And that's, that's the philosophy we're going after. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, but sometimes people run into the issue if they don't have any money to spare at all. What do we do about that? And uh, I, I mean, there's a difference between being disciplined about your spending, your savings, your investments versus it just ain't there. Some entrepreneurs go through cycles where it may maybe a week, a month, or multiple months where there just ain't nothing left. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I, I didn't pay myself for two years, um, you know, and I lived off uh, savings and, uh, you know, ramen noodles for a while. So, you know, yeah. I've been there and, um, and I, you know, I get it. And so, you know, we're not going to have a startup business or a young business say, hey, you need to, save all this money, um, you know, certainly everybody has a different scenario. Um, you know, a lot of times we're looking at saving uh, short-term savings, you know, building up a six to 12 month cash reserve, um, especially in Amazon 
online seller type businesses. Uh, eventually, they want to self-fund their inventory is the ultimate goal we try to push with them instead of borrowing on credit cards, borrowing on lines of credit uh, from the bank or friends and family to buy all the inventory to sell it in Q4. Um, so with Amazon and online sellers, you know, we're looking at uh, how do we continue building this nest egg of your own line of credit in short-term savings? And then once we get over that hump, um, with those clients, then we get into, okay, you know, what does your profit look like? What does the cash flow look like? You know, 12 month rolling forecast. Um, you know, do you have 5,000 to 6,000 to max out of IRA this year? Let's start there, you know, or, you know, you're profiting a ton of money. So, you know, do you want to max out 401k? Uh, maybe you have a little less, so let's do a SEP. Um, but it's, we're not going to park cash in a vehicle that is going to, require a penalty to get it out. So, you know, certainly we're building it up until we get to that point. And then over time, starting to then accumulate retirement savings from there. Great, 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 great. So one of the things that, and I've had the same CPA myself for 19 years, he's really great. He understands both the business and personal side of entrepreneurial taxation better than anybody that pretty much anybody that I've ever met, or at least he's on par with anybody I've ever met. He uh, is also one of those CPAs who understands not only tax compliance, but also tax planning, which is a big distinction. So everybody wants to pay the IRS the least amount possible. And one of the understandings I have with my CPA is he works with me to keep me in compliance with every federal, state, and local requirement that's out there, and also the bare minimum of each. So what are some of the strategies and tax, tip, tax tips that you would recommend to e-commerce businesses in particular? And this can get interesting because in many cases, we're dealing with uh, non-tangible assets. Uh, yeah, e-commerce online sellers in particular, um, I think the biggest uh, <coughs> issue we see when we bring on smaller, newer businesses in that, in that space is uh, inventory issue. And a lot of them, are improperly expensing inventory um, in the year they buy it versus uh, holding it on the balance sheet. Um, so I think one, just making sure the financials are accurate is uh, the first important step. Um, I mean, is there you know a secret sauce to uh, you know the Amazon online seller community on tax deductions? No, um, but you know if you have a business, um, if you have rental property. Um, you should definitely be working with a CPA um, because doing it on TurboTax does not work in the gray area. And, um, and you know, a CPA can certainly help, whether it's us or somebody else, can help make sure those deductions are maximized um, how they should be. Well, that's great. And, you know, you speak about building wealth while building your business, and we'll, we're going to get more into that as we go along here. Now, how what is that? How's that different from what most of us already do? Leave aside the whole thing that not everybody has a chance to save as much as they'd like to. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the you know kind of quote wealth building tools we use, uh, especially in the online seller space. Um, is obviously they're buying a lot of stuff all the time, especially when you're arbitraging products. So my, uh, you know, one of my things I've personally have enjoyed maximizing is like points and miles. And um, so one of the kind of 
things we work with with our online seller clients is using the right credit cards for the purchases they're making in their business in order to, you know, quote, build wealth uh, in that realm. And, you know, whether it's cash back, whether it's taking themselves or their families on uh, vacations for, you know, quote, free uh, using points and miles. Um, that's one of the kind of ways we are a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um let's get a little bit further and like what are some of the special considerations that are unique to e-commerce businesses uh and you know in many cases we don't have bricks and mortar we don't have a physical product uh some cases we don't even have an office um you know i think i think it's important to uh make sure you have for monthly forecasting uh you know even weekly with our larger clients we're doing cash flow forecasting um, you know, Amazon businesses and online sellers can get into trouble very quickly um, if they're not properly maintaining their cash flow. Um, and, uh, you know, and they start kind of doing this loop where they're borrowing more than um, they're able to, to fund the debt sometimes, especially outside of Q4. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really the advisory part, uh, the ongoing advisory that, uh, we certainly help business owners with uh, making sure they're just staying on the right track um, throughout the year. Okay. All right. Uh, that's, yeah, that, that, that's, that's great. But, you know, what we run into a lot is particularly if you want to talk about getting funding. I went through seven years of trying to break out of the loop of being trapped in this vortex of not being able to move the needle one bit <laughs> on uh, on my percentage of utilization of credit cards. And then I found out it was even more of a trap because this is something I like to advise entrepreneurs of. Be very careful when some company comes to you saying, hey, apply to get a business card. Uh, a lot of those so-called business credit cards or it's actually complete bullshit. They're actually personal cards linked to your social security number that'll show up on your personal credit, which will inhibit you in every single place in life. And for seven years, I followed the advice. Well, just make the minimum payments and focus on uh, revenue generation. Well, you know, it comes to a point where those minimum payments aren't so minimum and ultimately ended up uh, finding a personal funding source to pay off some of that and get myself out of that vortex. So for some folks, it may require something to move that needle. So what would you say for those of us, like what opportunities are available in your experience for those who need an injection of funding, but just simply hustling and grinding until your revenues go up, just ain't going to cut it. Because we're also because um, we can also be getting into psychological things here, right? Um, I mean, it, just specifically like looking for funding. That's part of it, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, it's a tough game. I mean, I you know, like I said, I didn't pay myself for two years, so you know, counting count pennies. You know, I was at a point where I didn't know if I could afford the bills. You know, every month. Um, so I've been there too. Um, I mean, you know, we certainly try to advise clients on, um, you know, helping them defer 
their accounts payable a little bit um, and not being rushed to pay it as soon as the bill comes in. Um, you know, if you're on invoices, um, then, you know, try and get paid a little bit quicker. Uh, sometimes that's, that's a bit of a struggle, but um, those are one of the kind of cash flow management ways that would, you know, would help some clients. When it comes to online sellers, I mean, obviously you're just, you know, waiting for the, the sale to happen uh, online, getting that product in quicker, um, you know, getting it on, on your site, getting it on the platform as quick as possible um, and managing that inventory um, tightly. So you're not sitting on a bunch of boxes in the warehouse or in your house, uh, you know, waiting to sell at a future point. Um, you know, as far as like lending, I mean, it is tough. Um, you know, these, my clients, they struggle getting funding, just like you mentioned, uh, banks certainly aren't lending it. Um, oh. you know, lines of credit are, are very difficult, especially when you're starting out. Um, I mean, you are borrowing against your own personal credit to start out and, you know, that's what we're trying to cash flow forecast with clients to make sure you don't get in that uh, vicious cycle of, you know, owing more than you can afford. Um, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly a long game. Uh, a lot of people like, you know, the quick money, they think they can just buy a bunch and sell it for more. Um, you know, I think I'm always a little bit more conservative. You know, that's the nature of my CPA license uh, to be a little bit more conservative. So, you know, we try to work with our clients and making sure they're not overextending themselves to the point where, you know, if things went down south, then it would just completely wipe them out. Um, you know, we certainly want to make sure we're forecasting properly enough uh, in a conservative nature to, to make sure that doesn't happen. Sure, sure. So uh, in your, you know, your approach, what do you, based on your experience, do differently than other CPAs and investment advisors? And what are some things that you like to bring to folks' attention that aren't currently in the mainstream conversation that you feel perhaps should be? Uh, yeah, just full disclosure, we're not a, a licensed financial advisor, um, but CPAs are allowed to have the conversation. Um, we, uh, you know, I started my business because I, I noticed the disconnect between most people have a accountant bookkeeper on one end, and then they have a tax person on another. Those two are never incentivized to work with each other. Um, and so we started the business, or I started the business, bringing those kind of two together. That was the initial concept. Um, and bringing it kind of all in-house in one CPA relationship. So um, we, you know, do the transactional part of it. Um, which, you know, isn't that big of a deal to us anyway, but we use the data in order to tax plan uh, and forecast um, going forward. So, you know, instead of coming to us in March and saying, hey, I made a bunch of money, uh, you know, can you help me not pay any taxes? No, I can't really help you. Um, you know, some people don't even have an LLC set up, like that's kind of the first step, um, you know, and, and, down the tax journey of at least trying to save money. Um, so, you know, working with a CPA and getting in touch with one as soon as possible, somebody who's licensed, um, you know, and at least has, um, uh, you can at least have recourse against, you know, if you hire just a, a bookkeeper, random bookkeeper off a platform or Craigslist or whatever it may be, um, you know, in our opinion, that's very risky because you don't know 
something can happen to that person and all your data is gone. Um, you know, at least with a licensed CPA, uh, there's board protection, there's AICPA industry protection um, that that CPA has to have in place a plan in case something does happen to them uh, in order for that data to get uh, exported to the right person. So, um, you know, we're always promoting to make sure you work with the right people, whether again, whether it's us or somebody else, but make sure they're licensed. Sure. But, you know, uh, I my friend who's a lawyer says that I should just do a sole prop and skip all that paperwork. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I paid $45. I have a DBA and I bought my domain. I'm good to go. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on what your goals are. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you're looking to sell a couple thousand a year, that might work out. Um, you know, normally our, you know, our clients are kind of minimum like 50 to a hundred kind of gross range at least. Um, you know, LLC, I think is the first step, at least to giving yourself, uh, if you're certainly, if you're branding yourself, you want to set up an LLC, but you're just arbitraging products. Um, you know, I recommend working under EIN number. So you might as well just go ahead and set up the LLC. So you don't have to change all of that at some point in the future when you do take off and make a bunch of profit. Um, but you know, setting up the LLC is the first step. Um, we recommend S corp election when you're at minimum 50, 60 K net profit after expenses. Um, you know, if you're under that, you can just kind of file as a schedule C on your 1040 as a sole prop does, even as a one owner LLC, it's the same filing, um, and save money there for tax prep, but 56 K is kind of a break even point. And once you're over that, um, you start saving money as an S corp. Um, assuming you're a one owner person, um, you start saving money as an escort uh, tax election uh, where you can elect that existing LLC to be taxed as an escort with the IRS. And, uh, and that's generally what we get into in helping our clients save a bunch of money. They've been a sole prop or they're a single LLC filing schedule C. And uh, you know, we help them understand how the escort election makes sense and immediately saves them money and also justifies our fees for making that escort election and maintaining it going forward. Okay. Uh, for our one or two listeners who may not have caught it when I shared that question with Chase, I was being facetious. The first thing you should do is set up a limited liability company or some sort of similar entity and arrange your tax filings accordingly. Uh, you know, I, I think I heard you recommend in many cases the S Corp. I use the S Corp myself, and it's just a combination of the corporate veil and the tax savings opportunities that are available to you. Uh, that it's it's just it's just silly. If somebody says to me, "I have a friend who's a lawyer who told me that I just I, I don't need to do that stuff. I should just do uh, a sole prop." I I immediately ask for the name of that attorney and they give me the attorney. They say, cool. Now I know who never to call for anything because there is no goddamn attorney on the face of the earth. That's going to turn down a free thousand dollars to file paperwork. Are you kidding me? Even yeah. beyond that, even beyond that, uh, why would you not have those things in place regardless of your financial situation. When I decided entrepreneurship was my path, that's the first thing I did. And then the second thing I did right on the teals was to engage the my CPA 
And our first order of business was to set up the EIN and the other institutional elements in terms of uh, preparing for the taxation side of it. This is the first thing you should do. I'm of the belief, and I've said this on other episodes, that you know how you buy your kids stuff when they graduate high school or turn 18 or whatever? Uh, parents should get their kids LLCs for their for their 18th birthday or for their graduation, what have you. Particularly where the economy is going right now, they're going to have incoming revenues, payments, gig money, and other things that they're going to want to run through a corporate entity in order to establish not only their personal and business credit, but also take advantage of the opportunities for tax leverage as you go along. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's good advice. Uh, you know, speaking of kids, um, you know, one of the kind of um, verticals we're uh, getting into now is a lot of these student athletes uh, with name, image, likeness, NIL deals. Uh, you know, coming out of high school, signing college um, scholarships, and uh, and you know, we're trying to help educate them on their own LLC S corps um, because a lot of them are making 50, 75, hundred thousand uh, on their first deal. And, you know, you want to pay uh, self-employment tax on all that money, or, you know, you want to pop it into an S corp and save a little bit. Um, but that's one example of like needing your kid to have an LLC. Well, let me, let, here's another thing, uh, particularly with the rise of the, you know, the gig economy and, uh, side hustles, multiple streams of income, and where the economy is going, the, if you believe that you're going to be able to get through life without participating in the credit system just a little, I've seen folks that I know who were, un, even though they had enough cash on hand to plunk it on the table and pay for a year up front, could not get approved for an apartment because they were dealing in cash and did not have a credit history. Having an entity allows you to put that cash through an entity. I'm not going to give any advice because I'm neither a lawyer or a CPA or anything else uh, about whether you have to put it all through the LLC. I'm going to leave that to your own imagination. But when you establish a personal income, that's taxed and you can use a limited liability, limited liability company to bifurcate between personal income and shareholder distributions, which are taxed at two different rates, you can grow those personal and business credit histories. You're going to need to secure funding and get through life. And at the same time, experience considerable savings and leverage when it comes to the amount of taxes you actually pay. In other words, it's kind of silly to not to and to think that you're not going to get around the system. Chase, if you're saying anything, I can't hear you. No. I didn't know there was a question. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree, um, you know, especially when you're going for lending, um, you know, to start building that as soon as possible. I mean, 
No, sir. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you know, keeping the balance out there and, you know, not paying it off every month. Um, you know, the interest rates on most credit cards are astronomical and uh, you know, you want to, you want to have the ability to pay it off at least within the, you know, the, once the statement hits or very close to it. Yeah. I um, mean, that's, that's what we try to, you know, certainly forecast with our clients, um, especially when they have AP, you know, they're buying, you know, some of our online seller, Amazon clients, they're buying inventory from third parties. So they get a, they get a PO or an invoice and, uh, you know, they can hold on to it for 30, 45 plus days and uh, not <laughs> irritate the uh, vendor sometimes. So, you know, we're trying to say, hey, how long can we push this out so you have time to get it in, um, you get it inventoried, get it on the platform and hopefully start generating some sales on it before you have to pay that invoice. Um, that's just one of the tools we use in our toolbox. Okay. So as we wrap up here, I guess my final question is, as an accountant yourself, what do you know about owning and running a business? What are some of your lessons learned? Uh, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think uh, certainly if you're looking for talent, um, you know, look for talent much earlier than when you need it um, and constantly be looking for talent if you're looking to hire people and grow your business. Um, you know, start uh, building your own um, kind of savings platform so you can lend against yourself um, and not have to worry about uh, high interest rates. Um, and, and just remember to uh, take care of yourself first. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing we try to promote to our clients is, yeah, it's great to want to always, you know, help uh, build your business and continue funding it. But at the end of the day, what's the ultimate goal? It's to do what you want to do in life and, you know, the fun things you have on your list. So pay yourself first and, and take care of yourself. Um, so at the end of the end of the day, you don't have to worry about hoping somebody else buys it for what you want it for. Exactly. All right. So uh, you have an invitation for our listeners and I'm going to share that with them now. And the opportunity is to check out your book, which is the e-commerce guide to the excuse me the e-commerce business owner's guide to accounting tax and accumulating wealth so if you visit our website and you look at the show notes for this episode you'll be able to see it it's located on the insoniacpa.com website which is spelled i n s o g n a c p a.com insonia just think like lasagna is the best way to remember it and it's called the e-commerce guide to uh, e-commerce business owners guide to accounting tax and accumulating wealth. Uh, you have the opportunity to download a free ebook as well on why e-commerce businesses need CPAs to survive and grow. So go to the website, check all that out. And to discover more about Chase's approach, you can also visit his website as well. With that, Chase and Sonia, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Thank you for having me. All right. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.